Hey everybody, welcome to the Music News Podcast. It's Tuesday. We're posting it Tuesday because Monday was Memorial Day. Let's cue the music and get into it. Woo! to give us our update for this week i've been following uh just a couple of small things um a piece of news that i saw that really bummed me out uh, i think this was released today is jimmy cobb who played on kind of blue with miles davis died yeah. he was 91 according to rolling stone and i think is this what is this the second or the third like really excellent jazz drummer we've had die <laughs> while <laughs> they, we've they been come doing in threes they oh, come in threes damn. yeah for for people who don't know kind of blue is i think the hottest selling jazz record of all time is it really um i, I believe so wow. jimmy cobb uh not only a, a just an amazing musician excellent human being and and teacher so i don't know it's really hard to see that that that, that happens so feels like it's it's like almost every week another you know another big person's happening Lee mm-hmm. Connitz wasn't a big, a big one as well. Just a couple of weeks ago too. So anyway, yeah, for sure. I think maybe not to dwell on that though, as we've discovered, uh, there's always people who die every week, and we can always <laughs> talk about it. There's always people who are dying. Uh, on the flip side of uh, things, mood wise, this isn't super like brand new news, but it's a thing that I just learned about a couple days ago. The theatrical release of Hamilton is actually not going to be a theatrical release apparently uh july 3rd of next year it's just gonna show up on disney plus which is kind of cool i'm pumped yeah i I haven't had the chance to go to see hamilton so this is something that i'm interested in seeing and it's with the all original cast too i heard oh is it really Uh yeah oh that's gonna be so cool yeah i really love um davy diggs you know him no i don't think so he plays, I think, Jefferson and Lafayette, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, and then his other project besides Hamilton is Clipping. Yeah. And that is absolutely one of my just all-time favorite artistic projects in any kind of media or anything. I mean, it's it's genius. I remember when this happened, when this released in high school and everyone was like learning all the raps and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just nuts. So it's finally, it's cool to, to be able to be at least a part of the visual aspect instead of just the with the apple music just uh the playlists yeah for sure i'm kind of excited that this is something and we knew this was going to happen right but this is something that's kind of become like a, a cultural institution in a way right like everyone knows hamilton mm-hmm. uh even if you can't sing along to the songs yep and i i think i need to start thinking of hamilton as like no that's a thing that we have and is here to stay and we're going to get different kinds of media for instead of that's a super popular thing that was released and is still like on the front of everyone's minds all the time. You know, it's also just cool to see that Disney is reacting kind of how every other business is reacting. Hmm. No surprise, but also like, it's, it's just cool, cool to see like something that we speculate is we're going to have businesses move towards, you know, more at home type of media. 
here's another good case of it. You know, Broadway's closed. You can't go see Hamilton, right? So, yep. and Disney, it's, they're not releasing it now. They're releasing it a year from now. So just imagine the, the to see Disney's push um, to at-home entertainment. Um, so it's just, it's reassuring the things that we're talking about. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's true, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you think if they have the release on Disney Plus that far out, do you think all of the post-production is done and they're just waiting that long for a reason? Or is there a lot more work to do, you figure? Yeah, that's a good point because, I mean, it's recorded. You know, what else do you got to do other than mix it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, it's kind of already shot. So it's kind of on the back end, I would I would say so, for for, sure. um, for editing it. I mean, it, 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 it I don't know a lot about production, but I don't think it's quite hard to edit a musical. <laughs> there can't be too many like directed shots. Yeah. I, that's actually really interesting. Now that I'm, I'm thinking about that a little bit more, I was thinking of this as like, uh, like a theatrical, like a, like a piece of film instead of this is a piece of theater that we then filmed. Right. Um, and I, that actually makes me recall a few years ago, I did the sound design for a Star Wars parody musical that was actually <laughs> like really brilliant. It sounds silly, but I mean, the 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 person who was the writer and the director, Truxton McCoy, was just absolutely like I, I, I thought he was brilliant. And one of the things that we we actually did, we actually got all the way through was filming it. Uh, with like uh, some moving camera shots and like very mm. carefully well thought out and carefully recorded audio wise. Um, and this was kind of on the, the beginning end of my uh, journey in studio engineering stuff. And so I had not uh, developed my crazy paranoia about backups and my car got broken into and all of the raw footage and audio for all that whole film got stolen. I'm so sorry. In retrospect, I, I learned a big lesson. But what that makes me think is with the folks that we were working with to make that happen, they were they were really thinking about it like shot by shot, um, like it was a film and then sort of building that around the, the theater. So I'm curious... Uh, like definitely it's already it is all the way shot i i figure they they're not going to redo anything you know i think you're right it's probably going to be close to i mean it's it's a theatrical film and so they're probably going to redesign the set so it's not just like you know here's camera a and it's just pointed directly at the stage they're probably you know it's not going to be like on a typical stage so you're right i i kind of was thinking of it more as a theater production rather than a theatrical film so you know it'll take time to edit we'll we'll see how it goes i'm excited to watch that i mean so many people continue to buzz and what did it when did it drop it was like 2015 or 16 right i uh, i think it was 15 yeah. but I... man that's five years ago and i still hear about it well i wanted to transition into something that i think would be really important with you know the quarter winding down um and the show kind of coming to a close with us on it. I wanted to speak a little bit about things that I know DIY musicians are concerned about. Yeah, what you thinking about? I wanted to chat a little bit about very typical questions. Something that we got asked um, on the Q&A with Austin Santiago was like, when, when is it good to get a manager? 
Hmm. When is it good to get an agent? When is it good to start building a team? And I found, I found it really interesting that both Austin Santiago and Riker, um, who was our first Q and a right on our IG live uh, stream. They both said any time was kind of a good time. Mm-hmm. I think what they mean by that, it's, it's always good to like, have your ears open and, you know, you looking around, submitting your stuff. It's not bad because that's just a form of visibility. Mm-hmm. So the next time when you're starting to think, I mean, Austin specifically said, when you're thinking about getting a manager, it means it's time. Yeah, the fact you know? that the thought crossed your mind means that you you might need that. It's It's time to start kind of thinking about what it would mean to have someone taking over being, you know, a professional creative, giving them access to the brand identity that you're having. Right. Yeah. I mean, certainly I think of as a, as a a booker and a promoter for the coffee house, if I start interacting with someone that says that they are a manager or an agent, I already off the bat feel more comfortable and confident that things are going to work out. Even, I, I mean, Straight up, it could just be the artist with a different email address lying and it would feel better. <laughs> so I, I think I think that does ring true that it's it could be any time. Like the if you have an agent, people are going to treat you like you're someone who has an agent. Yeah, it's important to have that um, professional stance. I mean, this is why agents are in the industry, right? Like you your agents have the networks um in order to book venues you know they're communicating with the talent buyers but like let's just think of just the shakedown there's got to be handfuls of agents that specifically reach out to the shakedown every single day they're getting emails every single day from the same people and at some point the shakedown is going to recognize a professional agent and talk to them and once there's one successful gig many more successful gigs will ensue and a better relationship. And that's something an artist can't provide because they're only one singular artist. So get a good agent, get a good manager. And I guess what quote unquote good, what a good team means, that's really up to you and up, up for everyone to discover. Yeah. Find someone that like you trust, (laughs) obviously. Yeah. And I think at a, at a DIY level, it, you know, don't, don't be afraid to just grab a friend who is interested in doing that. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, there are plenty of bands around where there will be a friend of theirs. Who's like at every show helps them load in and load out. And they're sort of with the band all the time, even if they're not on stage. I, I certainly did that for super missive. And I know like David Seaman does that for blood capsules. And there's a bunch of other examples too. I think even just in town, this is a perfect example of passion over profit. You need to feel passionate about what you're you're doing because most likely, or like 98% of the time, everyone is doing this for free until everyone's making money. I guess I know you have some some points on your end for having a manager or I've kind of shared my thoughts, but what do you what do you feel like is when it's best to grab a manager or you know, what does a manager need to have for you other mm. than being trustworthy, you know? That's a that's a really great question. And I, I would agree with Austin and Rikers and your sentiment that a, any time is a good time. And just having that representation puts you on like a more professional, 
professional looking level when you're talking to promoters and talent buyers and whatnot. And the the big things that are, I think, super important in having a manager is having someone that, yes, you trust and someone who believes in the music and is committed to the music, but is someone who is not going to like take it hard or take it personally if they reach out to venues and they say no. Because it's a business. Right. And having someone who is going to be super consistent on emails and social media and all that stuff, because artists are, you know, they're focusing on other things and having someone whose job it is just dedicated to do those things, I, I think is tremendously helpful regardless of any of the like outward professional looking stuff. I think it's just a better way to organize a project if you want it to be sustainable. So, Will, what would you say would be more important to get a manager or an agent? I, I would think a manager, but I I'm curious what you would think about that because I I know I'm definitely coming from a like uh like DIY like pop and rock perspective where it's kind of like you go book your own gigs but you have a lot more familiarity with that like like larger venues and agents with multiple artists and stuff like what would be your argument for if if that's what you're thinking um getting an agent first it's completely dependent on you as an artist so, and to break that down, what does an agent do? An agent represents you so that you don't have to spend five hours of your day to book shows. What the artist needs to be doing is making content. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's the, and, and this is where this gets gray area, especially as a DIY artist is a manager sometimes doubles as an agent just depends. It depends where, where you're at. So, um, you know, if, if you're in a space where, you know, you are, you've found a musical sound, you have musical connections, you have everything that, and you're on top of that stuff too, is, um, you know, reaching out to people, all, all of these things. I don't think you might need a manager, maybe more of an agent, someone that can take the load of submitting to publishers, submitting to uh, venues to get you know, get on a bill or something like that. Someone to do that rather than managing the day-to-day -day social media. I think a lot of artists can handle their social media, can handle the brand identity and the artistic direction and so on and so forth. But where a lot of people lack is, you know, being the quote unquote agent. I think maybe overall I was conflating those two things. And I think that's, that's a really good distinction that you just drew. I was thinking for agent, I was more like someone who is a professional agent that maybe you don't know on a personal level and like already has artists that they, that they kind of work with. Yeah. Um, but I think the, yeah, the, I think the clarification that at a smaller level, like a manager and an agent can often be the same person is, mm -hmm. is a good thing to, I've keep never quite of. understood not knowing your team. Like I've worked with artists who don't know their agents why why the hell would you let them represent you i've never understood big um like big agencies because i mean i i i understand the fact that you want to have a wide network in order to get on coachella and things like that right but i would rather know the person representing me and being able to work and build those relationships with them then I guess going and signing on to Paradigm or, you know, name your pick for a, a really big agency. They're very helpful, 
but they're also very disconnected. And that's just what happens when you have a big business. Um, and that's where, you know, A&Rs kind of come in. You know, that's how a label communicates with their artists is like, it's artists and repertoire. They're an A&R. They handle the artists and telling, you know, coaching them and um, they're the face of the record label. I think there, there's a big disconnect when it comes to, you know, agent versus artist. And that's where I, I would assume some people would say, well, Hunter, an agent talks to the manager and then the manager talks to the artist. Well, sometimes like that's part of a manager's job. But what if you don't have a manager? Well, agents really prefer to talk to managers. Yeah, some do, especially if they're a larger agency. But what about a boutique agency? They're perfectly fine talking to just artists. So everything is so customizable and it's so like you can honestly do whatever you want. I think just the big thing is like educating yourself, you know? There isn't necessarily a right answer here. The right answer is uh get that get the book we were talking about. Get the book. Everything you need to get the everything you need to know about the music business, right? We're we're practically an infomercial at this point for them. <laughs> we should get uh we should get sponsored. We should get... <laughs> hey Donald S. Passman. <laughs> Sp- sponsor Western. <laughs> Weirder things, man. <laughs> Weirder things. Uh, it just goes to show you, like, we can talk circles and circles around what what, what do you need first, a manager or an agent, or do you need a booking, you know, all blah, 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 blah. Educate yourself, yourself, educate yourself before you make any decision, because the last thing you want to do is get wrapped up in a label or get wrapped up, wrapped up in an agency. And then you, you're signed with them for two years or you have to make three records in order to get out of the deal. Just educate yourself. And then like two decades later, they release your record without ever telling you that that's happening. <laughs> or someone buys your publishing rights like Scooter <laughs> Braun and Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, just educate yourself and understand and distinguish what's the difference between especially those two roles because they serve very similar purposes or they can serve very similar purposes. Yeah. But just know an agent, they're not developing your brand. They're putting in the hours and they're, and they're, they're like, they're marketing you. That's what they are is just marketing agents, throwing you and get, getting trillions of no's for a couple of yeses for those shows. Man, if you can't handle getting a no when getting your venue, get trying to get booked for a venue, get an agent, get a buddy that, that you work with. Just pick a friend anyone who wants to do that man if you're if you're like a artist slash producer like and you know pay that buddy in beats i don't know yeah <laughs> because no one's making money or you know obviously maybe they get a, a a cut that's how an agent makes money is getting a cut from from a venue yep commission so yeah educate yourself all right that's i'm off my soapbox now but well, no, but uh, thanks for going over that. I think that was a distinction I didn't have super clear in my mind, and I, I really appreciated that. So, yeah, thanks for helping uh, talk everybody through that. <laughs> no problem. Do you want to do you have anything else that you want to kind of break down or talk about? I, I don't know that I have any news or anything else I wanted to go over. The only announcement I have is that the final two history episodes are planned, which is excellent. So this next weekend, assuming everything goes as planned, 
we're going to have Zach McCowan of the Blood Capsules come do an episode for us. Ooh. And I think he has a topic that I I actually don't, I know what the topic is, but I don't know how he's presenting it. And I think there's some potential for some interesting craziness in that story. Yep. I think what we're going to end up doing is for that final episode, we're actually going to piggyback off of your last Q&A, which is with Will Jordan. And that'll be on Friday the 5th. The 5th. Well, we really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast, and we have a lot of fun making this stuff. So we're going to head out. We're going to enjoy the rest of our lazy Monday. I don't know. What what do you got planned for the rest of the day? I'm going to go on a walk somewhere. Have not decided yet, but the rain let it. up a little bit, and I could stand to I could stand to get drizzled on. Sounds nice. Yeah, stand to get drizzled on. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm just going to go uh, make some burgers. That sounds Hell pretty good to me. yeah. Sweet. I was making burgers last night. It feels oh. right right now. Springtime. It's, hey, Memorial Day weekend. Oh, yeah, that's the whole thing, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, Will, but, but also yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay.